I want to talk to you about communion for the next few minutes, and then we'll um, pass out the elements and receive today together. Well, this is a great day, a busy day, uh, an unusually busy day. We got communion in this service this morning, this evening. Uh, we'll be baptizing, and we got uh, all 25 to 30 people to be baptized tonight. And uh, then we're going to receive members in the church. We're going to have a night of worship. We, we're just going to sing and rejoice and praise the Lord this evening. <laughs> you don't want to miss it. And then after that, we're going to give you some ice cream back in the back in the social hall. We're not even going to charge you for it. We're just going to give you ice cream and let you eat ice cream until we run out of ice cream. And uh, we're going to have a wonderful time of, of fellowship together. Great, great day in the Lord. I want to read to you a familiar passage from the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. I'm going to read verses 22, uh, 23 to 26. This is the Apostle Paul writing here to the church at Corinth. For I have received from the Lord the teaching that I passed on to you that the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took a piece of bread, gave thanks to God, broke it and said, this is my body which is for you. Do this in memory of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup and said, This cup is God's new covenant, sealed with my blood. Whenever you drink it, do so in memory of me. This means that every time you eat this bread and drink from this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Those of you that have studied the scriptures for any length of time, you're familiar with the fact that uh, the Corinthian letters, especially the first uh, letter uh, epistle to the Corinthian church, is a letter that Paul wrote, uh, wrote to them under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, of course, correcting some error in the church. The Corinthian church had, had just gotten out of balance on a lot of issues. And some of them were doctrinal issues, and it's really, I mean, that's dangerous when you get out into error. And uh, so Paul's writing to correct some of these things. Uh, they had uh, gone to excess on uh, some of the manifestations of the Spirit. They'd not kept things in order as the Lord would uh, have it to be. And so he addressed those things. But uh, among the many things that he addressed was the Lord's Supper. They had actually gotten all disorderly in the way that they partook of the Lord's table, communion, and the bread and the, and the cup. Actually, what had happened, they'd taken communion so often, just over and over and over, they just took communion, took communion, took communion, and, and it, it just became a habit for them. And it, it became such a habit until they, they just became more and more casual about coming to the table of the Lord. And, and then they, they turned it into, instead of a sacred event, they turned it into a party. And they'd come together and they'd just eat and eat and drink and drink. And it, it was just a big party time. And Paul said, you're missing the core value of this whole ceremony. And then he goes on to tell them at what great cost they were missing the core values of communion. 
He said, there are people that are sick among you that could have been healed if you guys had rightly observed the communion. He said, some people have died prematurely because they didn't discern properly uh, the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus. So he, he sets things in order. And so this morning for the next few minutes, I, I just want to point out four things related to communion that uh, none of this is new revelation, I, I don't suppose, but um, I, I hope it'll help us as we prepare today to receive the elements of communion. The first thing I want to mention to you is the fact that the Lord's Supper is rooted uh, in history. It's, it's a great, it, it has a great past. I, when, when we talk about communion, we talk about the Lord's Supper, when we talk about the elements, the bread and the wine, we're, we're talking about a certain man and his name was Jesus. This is, this is not just a, something we do. This is about him, right? Uh, and it was about a certain night. Jesus said, and Paul quotes here, he said, this, this happened on the night that Jesus was betrayed. So it was a certain man on a certain night, and it was a certain event that took place when he took the bread and the cup and transitioned them from the Passover ceremony into the covenant symbol of communion. Now, they had just received the Lord's Supper, I mean, the Passover Supper. And th that was a great historical event. It takes us back into the Old Covenant, way, way back into the Old Testament, all the way back to the book of Exodus, in fact. You, you remember the story. The children of Israel had gone down into Egypt. They went down, down there about 70 strong when there was a famine in the land. And they stayed for several generations. And when they left out, they were better than 2 million, between 2 and 3 million people. So it gives you an idea how long they were there and how God blessed them and how they multiplied. But during that time, there was a Pharaoh that came to power who didn't know Joseph and didn't have any respect for the historical account of Joseph. Joseph, you remember, is the one that brought his family down there during the famine. He actually, because of what God did through him, he saved not only Egypt, but he saved the world from starvation by preparing them years in advance for the famine that was coming. And then, like I said, the, the Israelites began to grow and this new Pharaoh that didn't have any regard for Joseph became fearful that the children of Israel were going to outnumber him or that they were going to grow to such an extent that they might try to overthrow his empire. So he turned the Israelites into a slave force. He took them into slave, made slaves out of them. And, and now he didn't have to worry about them rising up against him because they had no they had no weapons. They, had no, they, they were just slaves. He took everything away from them, just made them slaves. They served him. And, and, and because they still grew, he, he went to the point that he started killing off all the male children. If you were having a baby and it was a boy, as soon as it was born, they'd take your baby and throw it into the Nile River. Can you imagine if every baby that was born in 
all of the Augusta hospitals today, if it was a boy, that they'd take the baby from the nursery and destroy it. Um, the, the, the sorrow and the agony of that would be horrific. Well, that's, that's what Pharaoh did there. And so God did what the Israelites weren't able to do by themselves. They had no way to escape from this terrible bondage that they were in. So God raised up Moses. And through Moses, God brought the Egyptians down. In fact, God sent ten plagues. And each plague getting worse than the one before it until he so weakened them, they were glad to let the children of Israel go. And you'll recall that the tenth and final plague was the death of all of the firstborn throughout Egypt. How many of you understand there's a principle in God's word that you reap what you sow? They killed the Israelite babies. So the tenth plague, God killed the firstborn in all of the household of Egypt. Now, when the death angel came through, the way he would know to, to, to skip this house, because this is an Israelite house, and go to the next house, was because God had instructed them ahead of time to take a lamb, keep it up, make sure it was a perfect lamb, without spot, without blemish. They kept it up for about 14 days, inspected, made sure that the lamb was suitable for the sacrifice. And then at the appointed time, they sacrificed the lamb. They took the blood of the lamb and they put it over the lintel of the doorpost and on both sides of the doorpost. They literally made a cross, the cross beam, and, and, and with, the, with the blood of the Paschal lamb. This was, this was a foreshadow of Jesus coming to be the lamb of God to take away the sins of the world. So what the death angel did when he came through Egypt that night, when he saw the blood, he would pass over that house and go to the next house. If the blood was there, he would pass over. That's where you get the phrase Passover. And they celebrated that. The Jews celebrated that every year. And they were celebrating it at the same time, the weekend that Jesus gave his life for us. Um, you, you, you might remember that um, when John the Baptist introduced Jesus to the world, you, you remember what he said? Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. So he was identifying with the Paschal Lamb under the old sacrifice. So it has, it has great historical roots that go all the way back to the second book of the Bible. Jesus transitioned that Passover supper into communion when he offered them the bread and the cup. Second thing I want you to know is that the Lord's Supper is about God's gift. The, the Lamb of God was a gift from the Heavenly Father to us. Remember when Jesus took the bread and broke it, he said, This is my body that is broken for you. Not only did God give us his only begotten son, but Jesus gave us his life willingly. He was not forced to go to the cross. In fact, he could have chosen not to go to the cross. But he gave his life willingly. And he said, this, this, this represents my body. I'm, my body that's broken for you. He also said, and I read it a while ago from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 
He said, do this in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of me. Now, I don't know what your background is um, when, when it comes to uh, the communion table and the Lord's Supper, but I grew up in a very legalistic um, atmosphere. My, my church was really big on the do nots in the Bible. And uh, when I was a kid, they scared the daylights out of me when they served communion. And let me tell you why. They wouldn't just read the things that I know. They'd go on and read the whole section. And a little bit further down, when you read that section, it says, um, don't come to the table unworthily. But we, we need to rightly discern the body of the Lord Jesus because um, some people haven't done that and they're sick. Other people haven't done that and they're dead. And so, so the preachers that I grew up under, some of them, they, they, would, they, would, they would tell you, boy, don't you come to this table unless you're worthy to receive the communion. <laughs> Let's face it, folks. If we wait till we're worthy, ain't nobody going to get communion this morning. Because the fact is, none of us are worthy of the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus. I'm certainly not worthy. I'm not about, if you got to wait till you're worthy, if you got to wait till you're perfect to receive communion, then, then we're in trouble. They, they misinterpreted those verses of Scripture. Remember, Paul is giving this to bring correction. Paul, not, not that you're fixing to come under some kind of curse because you take a piece of bread and drink a little bit from a cup. And you're going to bring a curse on yourself. What Paul is saying is you haven't rightly discerned the body and the blood of Christ. And because you haven't rightly discerned it, you fail to realize that if you put your faith in the Lord and in what this represents, you could be healed if you're sick. So some, he said in the Corinthian church, you've died prematurely. In other words, some of our bodies have passed away that could have been healed if they had rightly discerned. That's what we're talking about. We're not talking, listen, get, get that fear element out of you this morning. You're, you're not going to come under a curse if you take a little piece of bread and, and drink from a little cup and you don't do it just perfectly or if your life is, isn't spotless for you to have that. In fact, a lot of people think I'm nuts, but I invite sinners to come and receive the communion. I don't know a better time to get saved than with the elements in your hand and say, wow, this represents Jesus. He died for my sins. Lord, you could, you could wash my sins away right now while I'm taking this communion. And he can. People can get saved at the communion table. Do you understand that? That's rightly discerning the, 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 the communion and what it's all about. And that, that's, all, that's all we need to do this morning is just discern what we're taking, partaking of. Think about what it means. Think about what it represents. Let your faith attach to the word of God and receive from the Lord. While those elements are going into your physical body, let the Lord and the power of the Holy Spirit do his work in your life. Now, not only that, I also grew up thinking that when it said, do this in remembrance of me, that that meant that we were just supposed to think about his death. We were just supposed to think about his crucifixion. That's not what it said. 
He said, when you eat this bread and when you drink from this cup, he said, I want you to do it in remembrance of me. He did not say in remembrance of my crucifixion. You understand what I'm saying? In remembrance of me. In other words, when we receive communion, we're supposed to be thinking about him. And that's not only his death. We're thinking about his death, all right, yes. But we're also thinking about his burial. We're thinking about his resurrection. We're thinking about his love. We're thinking about his mercy. We're thinking about his grace. We're thinking about his goodness. We're thinking about his presence. We're thinking about his power. We're thinking about the hope that we have in him. We're thinking about him. Somebody say praise the Lord. So he wants us to do this in remembrance of him. We want to focus on him this morning. Think about him. Glory to God. Think about him. Third thing I want you to know is that the Lord's Supper is about a new covenant. Jesus said, this cup is God's new covenant sealed with my blood. How many of you are glad we're under the new covenant today and not just not the old covenant? You glad about that? If we were under the old covenant, we'd have had to come dragging a lamb in here this morning. And I'd have to slay the lamb. And we'd take some blood and, and go through a ritual to, to cover your sins for a year. That's the old covenant. That was looking forward to, that paschal lamb was looking forward to the lamb of God who doesn't cover your sin for a year, but who takes away the sins of the whole world, everybody that trusts in him, and it takes them away forever. Anybody glad about that this morning? My sins are gone. They're gone. They're gone. They're gone. (laughs) glory to God you say well preacher my neighbor hadn't forgotten I don't care who remembers it could be your neighbor it could be your mother-in-law it could be somebody at work it could be a, a long lost relative I don't care who remembers your past and your failures and your shortcomings and your sins if they, including the devil, if he brings that up before God, God would say, you're out of bounds. There is no record of that anywhere. Those sins don't even exist. I don't even know who you're talking about. That's not the person. That's not the person. That's my child. That's my son. That's my daughter. They've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. I, I just, I see them through the sacrifice of Jesus. They look just like Jesus to me. Give God praise for that this morning. Hallelujah. Glory. So the, the Lord's Supper is about a covenant, a new covenant that we have with the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. You know, in America, unfortunately, we don't know a lot about covenant We because everything we do is by contract and and then we got, uh, seemed like 15 or 20 lawyers for every contract that's made to help break that contract. And, you know, and, and, and so here we go with litigation, litigation, litigation. Everybody sues everybody if, they, if, they, if something goes wrong. You know. I, 
I, I, I saw where um, two guys that lived next door to each other, and they had a, had a hedge between them, a, a shrub hedge. And um, they were out drinking one afternoon, both of them drinking, and, and uh, they got a little bit too much to drink. And they said, they got to look, and they said, you know, that hedge row needs, needs, uh, needs trimming. And so they didn't have a hedge trimmer, so they, they fired up their, their power mower, and each of them picked the power mower up and ran it across the top of the shrub. And that's the way they cut their shrub. Of course, they also cut off their fingers. And, and they sued, this Sears Roebuck sold the mower, they sued Sears because it didn't have a warning on there that if you hold it up and trim your hedges that you might cut off your fingers. And, and so they sued them and won the, won the lawsuit, by the way. Um, that's how crazy litigation has gotten in our day. Uh, it, it's, it's just amazing some of the things that, remember that lady a couple of several years back that, um, that sued McDonald's because they, she spilled her coffee in her lap and it burned her because it was hot. Well, I, she ordered hot coffee, I, I knew, but um, they didn't have enough posting on that cup saying that it was hot. Um, and, and so we, we see all this crazy litigation going on all the time. But there was a day in America when your word was your bond. If somebody told you something, my dad was that kind of man. If my dad told you something, you could take it to the bank. I mean, if, if it was an agreement, um, e- even if it cost him, if it didn't turn out like he thought it should, he would still live by that promise or that commitment that he'd made. That there was a time that we thought about the marriage covenant a whole lot more seriously than, than we do today. Covenants are not to be broken. Amen? Covenants are not to be broken. They're, 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 the covenant's made. This is a covenant that we have with God. In fact, it's a covenant that God made with us. And Jesus said, it's been sealed with my blood. I've sealed that covenant with my blood. So I'm here to tell you this morning that that the enemy is not strong enough to to discourage you out of that unless you let him. Uh, Don't let him lie to you. You've got a covenant with God that's been sealed with the blood of Jesus Christ. And you can stand on it. You can praise God. You can live in it. What God promises, God will see to it that it comes to pass. And in Jesus this morning, if you've been washed by the blood of Jesus Christ, you're a child of God, period. Thank the Lord. You belong to him. And so live on that and live with that. Uh, there, was a, there was a fellow one time that was uh, talking about uh, the blood of Jesus and how it washes away our sins. And there was an atheist in the crowd, and he stood up and said, uh, Explain to me, sir, how the blood of Jesus can wash away your sins. And uh, the guy wasn't real educated, but he was smart or he had wisdom. He said, uh, I tell you what, sir, said, uh, you ever been thirsty? He said, yeah. I said, did you ever drink a, a drink of water when you were thirsty? He said, yeah. I said, did it quench your thirst? He said, yeah. He said, tell me how I did it. 
He said, if you can tell me how water quenches your thirst, I can tell you how the blood. He said, I don't know how, but I've experienced it. I just know that it does. It just does. It just does. It works. Amen. It works. So, so you, can, you can rest on that and be assured this morning that you have a covenant with God and it's taken away sins. Whether you understand all of the intricate details and all of the theology behind it, that, that doesn't matter. Just believe that God said it and that settles it. He does it, and, and, and that's it. Praise God. Fourth and final thing I want to talk to you about covenant, um, about communion, and that is that um, the Lord's Supper is a proclamation. Notice what Jesus said. This means that every time you eat this bread and drink from this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Basically, folks, that's the gospel. When we talk about the death of Jesus, we talk about the sacrifice on the cross of Calvary for our sin. That's the gospel. It's a proclamation. It's something that we are supposed to be proclaiming. This is evangelism 101. Amen. Just, and if you just share your testimony with people around you, just tell people what the Lord's done for you. Tell people that you were lost in sin and you asked Jesus to forgive you and he washed your sins away and you're just a new creature in Christ. Your name's in the, on the Lamb's book of life and you know that you're going to heaven someday. That's a proclamation. It's something that we proclaim in the wonderful name of Jesus. How many of you are glad about that again this morning? Amen. Give him praise one more time. I want the ushers to come and join me at the table here, if you will, please. They're going to serve you in just a few minutes. But we're going to pray together here at the table before they distribute the elements. I want all the ushers that are going to serve the congregation just to come here to the table, if you will. We're going to pray together. And then they're going to, they're going to pass the elements out among you. Just take one and hold it until everybody's been served, if you will. And I'll give you a little explanation. These, are, these cups are a little different than what we've been using. So some of you may not have used this kind before. Most of you probably have, but I'll, I'll, make, I'll just give you a little instruction on that. And then we will receive the communion cup together when everybody has been served. But right now, let's pray, shall we? Father, we thank you this morning. And Lord, we just bless these elements that are about to be distributed to the congregation. And, oh, Holy Spirit, we invite you now to come among us and do your work among us. Lord, I just pray that, that lives will be touched and changed today. I pray if there's anyone in this congregation that's unsaved, that during these next few minutes that they'll just open their heart to Jesus and realize that the blood of Jesus has been shed for the forgiveness of their sins. And Lord, I just pray that you will wash their sins away. I pray for those who need healing today that as they receive the communion, especially the bread that represents the broken body of Jesus, by your stripes we're healed. May there be healing. May there be deliverance. May there be victory for every need. We ask you today in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Ushers.